Dustin can read. Welcome back to Behind the Read. I'm your guest host, Brucker, from Autopsy of a Horror Movie, where I like to review all sorts of different horror movies. Besides film reviews, I do kill grades, provide watch-along commentary tracks for movies, TV shows like The Creep Show, and soon coming to the channel, the MTV Scream series, TV series. Got it out there, finally. <laughs> uh, you can find Autopsy of a Horror Movie anywhere you listen to podcasts, including YouTube. But today, we're not talking about Autopsy of a Horror Movie. This is Behind the Read. Today, we'll be covering Dustin's May and June package of episodes. Dustin, how are you doing? Welcome to your own show. <laughs> Thank you, Brucker. <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I know uh, uh, I'm having a great week, actually, this week. It's I'm having a better Fabulous. week than I've been having in a while, so it's been a good time. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great, and I got to tell people about who Dustin is because he, Dustin's been on my show a handful of times. Uh, Dustin's a really cool chap. He's a good guy. Dustin has been on my show, Autopsy of a Horror Movie, and he first came on with uh, another friend named Adam to talk about the, um, we talked about the opening scenes to every Scream movie, uh, all four Scream movies. We talked about, you know, types of messages, what worked for them, what didn't, and Dustin has some really awesome stuff to say about those uh, opening scenes for Scream. And Dustin also reappeared to talk about Happy Death Day. Uh, we t- uh, that was uh, the first uh, movie request and Dustin got to help me out with that and yeah again he brought some good stuff to the table folks stuff stuff I really <laughs> like more than just a face <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> and last well not last last but last thing so far on the show with Dustin um, is that we did a really fun commentary track together on Happy Death Day to you and we had a ball doing that and if you're interested in what Dustin had to say about those you could check that out on my show. Listen for me talk about browse. Yes, yes, browse, browse, browse. <laughs> on on the commentary track for Happy Death Day to you. Drink every time Dustin says browse. But Dustin, you'll probably fall out drunk and dead. <laughs> I say it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he did love browse. <laughs> People have no idea who we're talking about, but, uh, no, but once I, you watch I, the movie, there you know. go. You're enticed. You're enticed to at least watch the movie and watch along with the commentary. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about how. Brucker's actually been on the show before. If you've listened um, earlier this year, he was actually the first uh, episode of 2021. And that Ooh. was for R.L. Stein's The Babysitter, where we talked about the uh, possible adaptation of it because they announced it at some point. I haven't heard anything since, but I figured, you know, why not read the book and uh, figure out how they're going to get where they're going to go with it. So so we did that. And then you actually have done voice work. For my story, my story specials, a couple of them, The Broken Chain, you came in for the first one, and it was a little like a brief one or two line thing. But then I had you and Arlene come in and play a couple on mm-hmm. my Fear Street parody, The Listener. So if you want to hear that, you should just look it up. There's a three part thing. It will recap you for the Fear Street movies coming up. And I'm just you know, I'm really excited about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was Kyle Good. Yeah, yeah. Be, everyone be sure to. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all my good heads at. I need I need all the I need, I need all the Kyle my Good fanboys to show up. And... You look like you know what's funny. I when I named you and then after I looked at you, I was like, he does look like a Kyle Good. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if do. I like that. <laughs> you look like your name would be Kyle Good, like you know, generic soap opera name or whatever. So I just got really into character, which I did. I did spend a good like hour and a half before that recording, like zenning and getting into character uh (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um i'm just you know 
I was really excited. I'm so happy you, you joined in for that and you got into it and I could tell you did. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And uh, mm-hmm. anybody who, you know, like I said, go back, listen to it. It's called The Listener and it's a parody of the Fear Street books. And it kind of gives you a recap of a lot of the stuff that happened on Fear Street in some of these books. And if you listen to it, you're actually going to get, you know, schooled a little bit before you watch the new Netflix movies coming out. So mm-hmm. be sure to watch those Netflix movies, folks. So I'm excited for those. So let's actually talk about your listener miniseries here, actually. So in May, you didn't do any regular read and discuss episodes as you normally do on the show, but you came up with a, like a story special called The Listener. Uh, so can you just tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so to give you a little backstory on The Listener, um, I don't know. I just I knew the Netflix movies were coming out sometime this summer, and, and I knew this since last year, since Netflix, you know, got into the deal with Tiernan Entertainment, who made the Netflix, who made the Fear Street movies. And I was really excited because they were supposed to come out last summer. But of course, the pandemic happened and then Tiernan struck a deal and separated from Fox because Fox was supposed to be the ones who put it out. But then Disney bought Fox. And then so that just kind of null and void their whole deal with Fox. And so they shopped it around and finally Netflix bought it. And I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, good. We're going to get to see it like straight in our home. Like, <laughs> you know, it's really cool. <laughs> And um, and the cool thing is that they're coming out once a week, which is going to be really awesome. I can't wait for yeah. that. But um, so they Fear Street always, you know, Arlstein wrote a lot of Fear Street trilogy books. So there would be like a part one, a part two and a part three. So I was like, I want to make a trilogy of a podcast story. And I thought, how can I do this? And then I thought, oh, true crime, true crime on Fear Street. Oh my gosh. And so I thought I could use all these tropes and all these things that happen in Fear Street and and talk about the past stories and then make fun of them at the same time. And yeah. I thought that'd be really fun to do and, and to get more people involved with it. And so basically when you listen to it, you're listening to a fake podcast on Fear Street and just the silly, goofy things that are said and done and we get somebody who calls us and is threatening us. We get other viewer or listener calls that are just silly and people getting attacked on the phone and people do die off. I'm not going to say who, but it, it, it is a really fun story and it kind of sounds like a real podcast. I got Brooks Leiby who did the music for it and it's brilliant music. It's great. Mm-hmm. He's a filmmaker and, and, um, and a musician. So he gets it. He gets the score aspect of it. And it's just, you know, it was a lot of fun to do. And I, I oh, really had fun making it. And uh, just the way I can also say, it was also really fun being a part of it. And even the stuff I wasn't a part of, it was really fun listening to all of it be put together because a little behind the curtains a little bit, Dustin kind of left the actors in the dark a little bit. We didn't know the, the plot, the story, how it was going to end and all that stuff. So it was really fun for us to see how, when it all came together. So yeah, that, that was, so it was, it was kind of like we were right there with the rest of the people kind of just enjoying the story you just knew unfold. your little you knew your little yeah. spot and then if something happened to you off the you know when you weren't on the show like if the character you know died off or if somebody you know got hurt or you know what well, they had to say about us after we left i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you found out later if you were alive or not so <laughs> and one character just kept you know getting hurt the entire time and i didn't intend that originally but i thought i'm going to put it in there anyway so <laughs> it was kind of fun so yeah, I, I really hope you guys check it out. It's three parts, and it's best if you listen to it all three parts because it's kind yeah. of a build of the story, and you get more as it goes on because each part focuses on a different set of books. So, like, part one focuses on the Fear Street saga, and you get a couple of sprinklings of other books in there, and part two focuses on the 99 Fear Street, 
And you get, like I said, you get more books there. And the third one goes back to, uh, we kind of hint at some of the storylines for like Halloween party and a few others. One. So I, I think you guys would really like it. Just check it out. Yeah. And it's not too long either. I think like all three episodes is like an hour or hour. All together it's an hour, but yeah, um, each, it's an each hour. part is 20, about 20, 25 minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people be sure to check it out. Um, so Dustin, word on the street. I, I got some people in your office. I guess I've talked to some pages in the Holden office. <laughs> and I've heard word on the street is that there was an alternate theme song that you almost included. So, yes, yes, right, I right. I didn't put it in because my I was sources like, this... are reliable. It turns out. <laughs> so tell us about this alternate theme song. Yeah, um, it actually uh, I, I wrote it because I was like, I'm just going to do this. Maybe I could do it like this. And that way I don't have to do an introduction to the show to explain what's going on. But I was like, nah, I'm going to have to do an introduction <laughs> so to just explain, hey, by the way, this is not a real podcast because it sounds kind of like one. So I wanted to make sure people knew that it wasn't and right. that we were just playing characters. But um, before I did that, I wrote a whole different version of my regular theme song, my Dustin can read theme song. So I will go ahead and sing it to you now if you would like to hear it. It's kind of cringeworthy, but... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Hey, can I get some podcasting music? A little bit of podcasting music. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dustin, let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Up next is something unique. A bit of fun fan fiction. It's a parody of Fear Street. There's no need to be confused. Just sit back and relax. The following is completely fake. It's not a real podcast. We just love those books so much and hold them high in our hearts. That's why I wanted to honor them with a story in just three parts. Last verse of this theme, I swear, and then we can proceed. Thank you all for listening. Now on to Dustin Can Read. Dustin can read. There we go. Nice, thank nice, you. Nice. Thank you. I, like, I actually like that a lot. That's a fun little bonus feature. That that would be on the deleted scenes if this were a DVD. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Oh sure. man. Oh oh. I wish we could do commentary on audio. <laughs> do commentary on a podcast. How meta can yeah, you get? Yeah. How do you do that? Like you have to. Talk. Oh, wait, wait. Listen to this. <laughs> Every single oh, time. I remember this was the part where I had to pee real bad and I paused it and left and came back. Everybody now <laughs> is better knowing that little bit of information. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Here's that pause. That's where I took a drink of my water. <laughs> now, I mean, oh yeah, that's right. My dog farting in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, oh. yeah. So, now that we are finishing up June, which is Pride Month, uh, tell me about your first Pride experience, Dustin. Okay. Uh, when I was 16, I... Well, actually, when I was 15, I found this group, and it was called Memphis Area Gay Youth, and Maggie for short, M-A-G-Y. And I, you know, was there for a while, and I ended up becoming, like, a, a kind of a... a a student counselor in a way there because I, you know, I was so, I guess because I was so comfortable with myself and I was easy to talk to. We ended up having the first gay prom in Memphis at that time. Now, remember, this is 1997. So do the math. You'll figure mm -hmm. out how old, I, how old I am. Anyway, so I ended up becoming the first king of the first gay prom in Memphis. No way. I think I was talking to royalty. Holy yeah. shit. Well, we had dual kings and dual queens. So, I mean, anyway. You would um, think that they would do the whole king would be the female and queen would be the male, but, you know, that's not yeah. how we did it. We did basic king and queen. Anyway, so 
I ended up getting to go to Pride for the first time and riding in a car and got to wave at people and, you know, kind of almost like a grand marshal, but I wasn't the grand marshal, but kind of like that feeling, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, we had streamers and flags and everything. We're driving down the middle of Midtown Memphis, and it was really awesome. We ended up at the old Gibson Guitar Factory. Um, they had a big, like, garage, and that's where they let us have the festivities set festivities inside because it's June. It's freaking hot, especially in Memphis. Right. <laughs> it's really yeah. hot, hot and humid in the South. So, and it was really fun. And what's really, okay, this is an odd thing to add. I can remember that this is the very first time I had a bagel and cream cheese. Be- really? Yeah, because I'd never had one before, and the cream cheese was strawberry cream cheese. And it was, <laughs> we, had, we had to go, I know, it was so weird. We got to sit in the back where, like, the talent was. Where they had, like, drag queens and some performers and stuff, and they had all this stuff out. And I was like, ooh, what's this? And I tried it out, and I, was, I got addicted to it after that. <laughs> really random piece of trivia. I didn't even plan on telling you that, but I don't know. It popped in my head. <laughs> although, although we, we, I honestly, I can't think of my first bagel with cream cheese. Uh, but hey, hey, that's a, that's cool. It's that's kind cool, of a significant man. event, and so you know, I had that there. You know, it stands out in my head. <laughs> and his addiction to strawberry cream cheese hasn't ended yet. Yeah, he's. It really <laughs> hasn't. I have some in the fridge right now. <laughs> That's I amazing. Need some bagels, though. I need some bagels. So I want to hear more about this bagel. I'm just kidding. Uh, that, that's a that's a very cool story, Dustin. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you, you sharing that. Um, my like personal experience with um, you know pride and you know being an ally. Um, it's a I don't. It's not super flashy, I guess. Really, <laughs> I mean, I don't have like all I'd say besides you know. I'm an ally. I am, you know, I support the LGBTQ community. I will admit, I need to educate myself more. I, that's definitely something I need to do. I do too. Um, I mean, I'm a part of the community, and we. By the way, just because you're part of the community does not mean that you don't need to educate yourself on other people inside that community. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and you know, just because you don't like certain things about the community doesn't mean you you know you should just you know completely step away from it and you know you should learn so yeah it's a, you don't feel bad about that <laughs> a weird thing i'll say like is that like so it's kind of like one of those things where like i've kind of never really thought about it i've always been like yeah like you know i've always been kind of like yeah sure whatever like be gay be straight whatever i've always kind of like had that kind of attitude for it but i never like kind of really realized of how much of like a real struggle and strife it is for some people um, oh yeah oh and, yeah definitely Especially Honestly. nowadays with the trans community and mm-hmm. the non-binary, the queer community, you know, however you want to say it, um, it's very much become more prevalent because, you know, when you were just, when it was just, you know, when the focus was just on gays and lesbians, it was like, uh, you know, how could you, you know, be with them? It was like, yeah, now people understand, like, it's just the way you feel towards somebody. You know what I mean? It's right. not, but, but now it's become to the trans community where they're more the focus and, and it's more like, this is how I feel inside. And people just don't get it. And they don't want to get it. And it just makes me mm-hmm. so frustrated that, you know, I don't know. You just got to, you know, you got to learn. You got to, like I said, educate yourself yeah. and, you know, meet people, talk to them, ask mm-hmm. questions, be respectful though, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why it's been such like a cool experience, like getting to know people like you and Adam over at the Great American Scream. Um, and just kind of like talking to y'all and hearing, you know, what y'all have to say on your own podcast too about some stuff. Cause you know, I've learned some stuff too, just from talking with you guys. Yeah. Um, I will say <laughs> uh, it's like, it was, it was kind of like really eye opening to me about how much of a struggle it is for some people. Like the, the things that they have to deal with that, like I 
never look like would have thought a person would have to deal with really um and was honestly it was the the netflix show queer eye like i got uh i started watching that show that kind of like opened me up to because you know you, those shows get so personal with everything oh, yeah, and everything they go through and it's kind of funny because my my uh, fiance wanted to start that start watching that show when it first started on netflix and i was like hey dude, who, who cares? this isn't like, for I, me this is for me oh dude i fucking love it more than her like i i like as soon as the new seasons drop i binge Quir that Quir Quir Yay! yes exactly yeah i know i get so excited i i you know love that show you know i know that um Everybody loves, you know, Jonathan and all of them, but uh, I forget which one's my favorite. It's the, the architect one or like the, the, the interior design oh, Bobby. guy. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby does yeah. the most work. I'm sorry he does. He does the I'm, most work on that show. You yeah, just never I'm, see it happen. <laughs> I'm a big Bobby fan. Bobby's Bobby's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, joke, all joking aside, yeah, the, me kind of like, that, like vicariously living through some of those people in that show, whatever, kind of like opened me up to like, oh, wow, this is like, a real thing people like still have to like deal with and open up with families and deal with you know discrimination too with it so um that, that was a big i mean it sounds corny and cheesy but like it was kind of like an eye-opener to me when hey, I got everybody needs an eye-opener at some point it's not going to happen for everybody at the same time you know so mm-hmm. you know each way you can get it go for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that eye open um are you are you thinking that eye ever, open <laughs> your eye open um i don't know what that was about i think that's my next catchphrase get that eye get that open, eye open. <laughs> Turn your eyes off, but keep them open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, or so I was thinking. I was like, you and Cat need to find a pride parade somewhere and just go and watch, and you know, get yourself some T-shirts that say "Straight but Not Narrow" or something. Straight and, but not narrow. I love that. Yeah, it's an old, old saying, but it's it's cute. But um, or or an ally shirt or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that way, people know you're supportive, and that you know, you may not be part of the community, but you are friends of the community. So that would be really cool to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. So while we're talking about Pride Month, you chose Heartstopper and Cemetery Boys for Pride Month, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. I um obviously because they are both um, LGBTQ plus based, and I really wanted to. You know, I just really wanted to do a focus on that because I didn't really do many. I haven't done many episodes where I, or any episodes, actually, except for one, which is You Should See Me in a Crown. And that was a mini-sode. I haven't done anything that had anybody that was, you know, gay or straight, you know, queer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just you know, I felt like, you know, OK, what's Pride Month? I'm, I need to do it. Let's do it. And the thing I loved about Heartstopper is that it reflected so much of kind of my experience in high school. I mean, it's still a little more progressive than I, my world was. I grew up in Mississippi in the 90s, so <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> great, but it wasn't horrible. And I talk about it in the episode a little bit, but that young love feeling, you know, and just, you know, trying to figure things out and just it's all fresh and new. And it's just it's great. And I think you should read it, too. It's very, very subtle. There's no like, you know, it's it's very simple. It's a simple story. And they're making it into a TV show, which is why we talk about the episode. So um, they're filming it now, actually. And the other one I've done is Cemetery Boys, which I was I thought, oh, this is cool. And I saw the cover. Oh, this looks really cool. You know, it's a Latin Latino or, you know, Latinx um, story about, you know, a ghost or something. I didn't know what it was. And and it turns out I I find out more about it. And you hear the episode for that. But it's the main character is a trans gay boy. 
So, which was really interesting because you think it's just like trans, you think, okay, well, they're going to the opposite sex than they were born and they're going to like, you know, the opposite sex. And that's not it actually is this, you know, person is a trans boy and also likes boys. So it was very interesting. And I like how that all played out. And I thought it was really cool. And you mix in the Latin community and you mix Mm. in the supernatural and whatnot. And it's just, it's a really cool story. And I I think everybody should check it out and you can listen to my episode. It's not very long. It's like 35 minutes long Yeah, and check it out. It's, it's really good. Awesome. Were there other uh, like contenders you thought about for choosing for your pride month uh, selection? Or like yeah, other things that you would recommend people. Well, there was to one read. I was going to read for a mini so and I never got around to it. So I'll hopefully get to it a little bit later. And it's called Better Nate Than Ever. Okay. And it's about this little kid and he just wants to be on Broadway and he just loves to perform and he's just loud and he's obviously a little gay kid because that's what the story is about. But it's all about him trying to be himself and put himself out there you know, or something. And it's written by um an author named Tim Fetterly. In which I don't know why it just flew right over my head, and I realized that the creator of High School Musical, the musical, the series, is Tim Federley. And I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, not the movies, but the series. Oh, and, okay, 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 okay. Yes, High School Musical, the musical, the series. So um, he created that that series, and he also wrote this. But and there's actually like three or four books in this Better Nate Than Ever universe and i really wanted to at least read the first one and you know maybe doing it mini sewed on it but maybe i'll get around to that later on which you don't have to do you know by the way people you don't have to just do gay themed things during pride month you don't have to do um black th- themed things during black history month you don't have to do asian themed stuff during you know asian and pacific islander month you can do them all year that's just a good time right. to do them for everybody to notice but you should do them all year all year I'm going to say it again all year. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how I feel. So let's get into some listener questions. Uh, This Mm. is a very fun segment of the show. I know. So our first question comes from Oraline from Spooky and Strange podcast. She asks, when is the prequel podcast to the listener coming out? Or are you planning to do more with the listener universe? Okay. Question. I know. I know. Um, I don't anticipate doing any more. I don't. I mean, I, I'm not saying I won't. I don't anticipate any more stories for Dom or L double Esau. If you listen to it, you get that <laughs> um, at the moment. But if I do get more response from the audience and people are like, hey, we want something more. I want to do something. You know, you should do something else with this. And I would totally consider doing it. Perhaps, you know, getting off of Fear Street. I might go to a different, you know, famous neighborhood or famous book series um, and cover those as like true crime or, mm-hmm. you know, just something like that. It might be fun. And, you know, I don't know about a prequel because I don't, I mean, I, if, it, if it's a prequel, it's probably just going to be Dom and maybe somebody else. Cause it wouldn't be L double because L double comes in at the beginning of the listener. So, <laughs> or did she, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we give the whole story away. You find out how they met and everything. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. when she comes in. So, I mean, if I do a prequel, it would be Dom's first attempt at a podcast. <laughs> the original <laughs> for it. So it might just be a one episode thing. Oh, my God. That would be like genius, though, because since it would be like his first attempt at a podcast, you could like make like the editing bad or like oh you, could, you could like have like, like, your, your air conditioner on or something. And, and, and then like, I, I make all this like mic feedback. I hate that. I'm sorry I did that to you guys, but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your audio. It was me <laughs> rubbing my hand on the mic. Just FYI. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Well, great question, Orlean and Dustin. I have to add, if you do happen to do some sort of sequel to this, please call it like the listeners. And you have like this big promo with like the your graphic and like just like a red S comes in at the end. And like that's <laughs> it's like aliens, you know, <laughs> or, or the or the Marvels. Yeah, they yeah. did that. They announced the Marvels. Yeah, I guess that. Or it's a big slash like Scream Two. <laughs> yeah, yes, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll see that if I, if I can if I can get somebody to animate it for me. Totally, I'll do that. <laughs> hey, if you're listening for some some freelance work, free work. Okay, anyways, free uh, freelance work. <laughs> yeah, it's free freelance work. You you'll get credit. Um, <laughs> next up is Shelly, who is awesome. Hello, Shelly. Hey, Shelly. Shelly asks if there were any behind-the-scenes goofs or pranks or any outtakes while recording, and I'm assuming she means for the listener, but I guess anything in general, too. I'm pretty sure she meant for the listener. Um, she she also was a voice in the listener. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lauren and I, who played El Double Isa, um, we did a lot of laughing, and we flubbed up a bunch of lines here and there. It wasn't anything I really wanted to do, kind of a blooper thing, but it was like it was just so, like, inside a joke sounding you know what i mean like it didn't mm-hmm. really go with it there was one thing though that gets me um cameron cheney who is at book movie guy or in the host of library macabre on youtube he came in and uh <laughs> i don't know what it was there was like well first of all l double esau threw him when he had to say l double esau I don't know why he just didn't know what he was saying i think he said l double say <laughs> and i was like no 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 <laughs> yes that wasn't it but that was that was okay i mean i get it it was kind of a weird spelling but uh (laughs) the one that got me was when i had him say "Uh, uh uh like that and he didn't know and he went uh 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 get the hell out of here oh my god and it still tickles me (laughs) oh oh my god so i'm like have you ever seen jurassic park (laughs) he didn't say the magic word but yeah i just it surprised me for as much as he reads that he didn't ever pick up on it i don't know why Uh, uh, he's he's uh. a good guy he's a smart guy but i don't know it just made me laugh i think i kind of rushed him into the like he's like i just got in kind of thing and you know that's when he sat down to do the episode so i don't think his head was in it as much but it was just funny that's like such a, I don't know if you watch Bob's Burgers but that's like such a thing that like Tina Belcher would do uh yeah, that's just so good. Uh, uh, I, I, I have kind of an answer for this during our recording session when I came on. Uh, I just this wasn't like so much as a like a prank or a goof, but just like something that was just really like Dustin's director, like uh, just directorial sort of skill or persona came out during oh our. God, but I do our uh, thing. And so you know, this is totally like this is. I think this is funny. This is not me complaining at all. That's but fine. during the uh, so so like we got done doing the scene and everything went great, went fine, fabulous, ten out of ten Oscars. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're all talking about it. And Dustin goes, "Yeah, yeah, that was great." Um. I don't mean to call anyone out, but Brooker, I could hear your page flip during it, so we're going to need to do that line again. And <laughs> I, now I remember that. Now I remember. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I was but... really trying not to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't know why. It feels like you're you tell somebody <laughs> yeah. they did something a little bit wrong, which is, you know you didn't do anything wrong. It's just yeah. You know, it was just oh yeah, no, I'm not. It was just I just want to let people know, like his like whole like director like cable is like yeah like we can hear the page flipping it's it's 
murder something. Yeah, we can't do that. We got to change it. Yeah, got to redo. <laughs> people redo have the, told redo me the I sound. I, they remi- I remind them of Quentin Tarantino the way I talk to people. <laughs> you, I you don't are know kind of very snappy. I'm really, like, yeah, I'm really much yeah. hands. I do my hands a lot, which you know, yeah, I guess can be kind of scary and intimidating. I don't know. <laughs> and I talk really fast and I talk in like pop culture references and whatnot. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Just minus the cocaine. But yeah, that's <laughs> it. Foot fetish question mark. But yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to the uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> um, on, he's never going to have me on again after this, folks. Yeah. <laughs> next question is from Instagram at it's all retro, which sounds like a cool Instagram handle. What are your top five YA books or series? My top five. I'm YA very interested to, to, to know this too. Well, some of them I mentioned before, but it's okay. It's totally cool. Um, my number one that I could think of, like right off the top of my head, is The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chabowski. And I read that my senior year of high school, and it just like changed my outlook on the world at the time. And the way the storytelling was and how, you know, twist endings come and whatnot. I don't know. Just it it really kind of, I don't know. It affected me. It was one of those movies or not movies. One of the books that later became a movie that really affected me. And um, I'm glad that Stephen Chabowski wrote the script and directed the movie. So it was more, you know, you know, close and honored the book, you know. Um, Number two would be The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, which I did for the show which when I read it, it's like a 400 page book. It's, it's mm. pretty big, you know, for YA that's long. I don't know what's up with all these long ass YAs nowadays, but whatever kids these days in their books reading so long Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. and their thesauruses <laughs> and their vocabulary, ACT prep Ugh, makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, like I said, I can't stress enough how much, how much I love this book and how great and impactful it was for me. Um, I had a very strong sense. I have a very strong sense of uh sense. What the hell am I saying? Yeah, I cinch. have a very strong sense of social justice. I don't know if that's like a, a, a you know it's a neurodivergent thing for me. So I can't read or watch these types of things where it's like really about like um you know discrimination or you know just you know I just can't do it because it really makes me upset. It really makes me upset. Um, it's not just like, Oh, it makes me, it hurts my feeling. No, it really makes it, I have like a visceral reaction to it. Hmm. So, you know, I, it, it fills me with so much hurt and rage for the characters, you know? And so reading this, I was just like, Oh my God. And, and then all of a sudden, like something would happen. I would just burst into tears reading it. Like, Oh my God, why? And it was just, it was really good. It was a roller coaster, but it's a great book. And I really recommend it. I've not seen the movie because of, because of how I reacted to the book. And I know that even though I know what the outcome is of the book, I'm hoping the movie has that same outcome. <laughs> you know, they tend to change things, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of the most impactful reads I've ever had. So, um, Number three is Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda oh. by Becker Albatarly. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's Love Simon. Mm-hmm. The movie Love Simon is based on it. It. Uh, I listened to the audiobook for this uh, when I was working kind of in a data entry position, and I just fell in love with it. I just loved how the story felt not forced. It felt organic. It felt like, you know it felt like a regular, you know, teenage straight heterosexual rom-com type of thing. But at the same time, you had the whole coming out of the closet experience. You had all these things and it just felt, you can connect to it so deeply and it didn't focus solely on his, you know, 
inner struggle. It also focused on his friendships and his family relationships and all that stuff. And I really thought that was really cool. The fourth one is a series and it's my babysitter is a vampire and oh. by Ann Hodgman. And it's a middle grade series. Um, I discovered that like it. an awesome series. Not going to lie. That sounds super cool. It really is. They, they came out with a TV show called my babysitters, a vampire. It's not the same thing. It's a completely different. It just has a similar name. This one is my babysitter <sighs> is a vampire. Um, each book is named my babysitter something. And, uh, <laughs> it's like my, my babysitter, babysitter has fangs. My babysitter bites by <laughs> night, uh, bites my babysitter, uh, flies by night. My babysitter, you know, is a movie monster. There's other ones like that. Um, <laughs> but they're all about the same kids and whatnot. And it's not the w- most well-known middle grade series, but, uh, it totally mixes my love for vampires or, and the supernatural with silly comedy and uh, like a mystery thriller aspects. And it was, you know, and they're not, they're like the typical like goosebumps length, like a 120, 130 pages, something like that. They're really fun to read. If you can find them or if you can find them to read an ebook form or something like that, get them. They're really good. And last but not least, of course, fear street by RL Stein, just because it helped me like slashers more and mm-hmm. they're quick and easy reads to zoom through and they're just fun and entertaining. They're kind of like the Harlequin novel of, you know, horror <laughs> in a way right. if you think about it, just really quick and easy and they're just fun, which is why I'm so excited for the movie. So yeah, for sure. Awesome Do you have list. any like favorite reads or anything? I, so Batman, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. All yeah, yours I'll, are comics. <laughs> yeah. I love like the Batman comics are awesome. But, um, when I was a kid, I was really into the, um, the magic Treehouse books. Like when I was like really young, I loved those. I thought that those were awesome. And I also got into when I was like a little bit older, got into the uh, series of unfortunate events. Um, I did, I did like those books with like count Olaf and, um, the, the, I can't even remember anymore, but whatever the the name of the, the, the Baudelaire, yeah, yeah, Baudelaire's, yeah. I, got, I never read the books. I, I I enjoyed them. I didn't finish the series, but like when I was like in like the third and fourth grade, I, like I got into that series. Um, and then when I got like a little bit older, I didn't read as much because this is when school started to force like summer reading, and I hated being told what to do. I was like, no. Um, so <laughs> so now that I'm older, like I've. I've got it into some other like series. Like I really love like the Dexter books. Those are really good. Um, the Jeff by Jeff Lindsay, the, mm-hmm. you know, darkly the, dreaming Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those books are awesome. Um, Star Wars books are super good. I really enjoy those. So yeah, that's kind of like where I'm hanging out. Yeah. You know, Dexter, a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Batman, you know, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. We didn't have summer reading when I grew up. Uh, I don't know why yeah. we didn't have it. Like, I think other people had it around us, but we never had like summer reading list or if they gave it to us. I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't remember it's ever like, getting them. They make you, at least like for me, like when I did summer reading, it's like they made you read like the saddest shit. <laughs> and the most boring stuff, you know, yeah. in school in general, they just, I'm like, why couldn't you, I liked it. I I ended up like in my last, like in my sophomore year of high school, I ended up in a creative writing class, which substituted for English lit. Mm-hmm. And because I was in the quote gifted program and ooh, this so, dude has a gift, ooh. but <laughs> I ended up, they, she would give us like choices and they were always alternate choices to what everybody else was reading. And we would get like five or six books that you're like, all right, pick one of these and you can do a report. on. So we, at least we got, you know, some like which one interested us the most we get to pick from and do the reports on and, or do a presentation on or whatever. So I liked that. 
And uh, one of the ones I got to pick was the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, which uh, is a famous movie about like a, a lady going through the slave era and um, and up and through, you know, emancipation and whatnot. And it was really cool. Um, oh, super it, sweet. Yeah. The movie, it stars uh, Cecily Tyson. It was like a TV movie, I think. But um, how she ages through the years and whatnot. But it was a really good book. And my assignment for it, you could choose different things you could do for the assignment. You could write a regular book report or do this or, you know, make a diagram or, you know, something like that. Or you can write a, a chapter, an extra chapter to the book. So I oh. added on to the book and I added, you know, I continued the story for a chapter in which I really wish I could find that chapter so badly. I cannot find, I just know it starts off with a line. We go into Bayonne <laughs> <laughs> because that's how she spoke in the book. So I just mirrored how she spoke in the book. And I just kind of, it was kind of neat. It was like a neat exercise to kind of see if I can write like somebody else. That's so. super cool though. I really like that a lot. Yeah. I, that's super awesome. All of my creative writing stuff in high school was like, just rewrite Shakespeare. <laughs> oh yeah like what is yeah, this actually which, saying yeah yeah which i will say my got chosen to be read to be read from the class so because i made it hilarious um obviously <laughs> but yeah that was <laughs> but, and uh, then they stabbed each stabbed himself and then she drank the poison oh you know <laughs> i made i made my like take place in like the actual high school i was at and instead of like the the montagues and who was like the other family capulets it was like the a person was in an english class and the other person was in a spanish class and like that was like the little <laughs> a language thing. barrier type know. thing <laughs> yeah yeah the little barrier it was like a language barrier so it's like oh i wish i could be with you but english, english is better spanish oh, is better be with you, but i'm in spanish you know just really cringy angsty teenage like puppy love stuff yeah so um oh, anyways yeah i would uh, love to read that if you ever find that i would love to do that oh dude that's lost to time man that's <laughs> Man, I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> all right, but we have more questions. Uh, so next question is from Chelsea from Weird Mom Podcast. Oh, didn't she guest host one of these? Yeah, she did. She did, oh, actually. Right. Yeah. And she, Chelsea. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, you did a great She's job. Great. I hope that you listen to this because you did a great job. I'll let you know. Anyways, um, what is your favorite musical? Okay, this is going to be a little long-winded, so get ready. <laughs> um it is a difficult question for me because like anything and you know this, I have a really difficult time giving people my favorites in anything. It's hard to for anything. I just, it really is. I'm like, I, I have parts of things that I really, really like, or I have, you know, like I would, I, the one go-to favorite, anybody asked me like, what's your favorite movie? And the first thing I think of is Romeo and Michelle, because I can quote the shit out of it, right, yeah. <laughs> you know? So for this, I actually, um, I mean, I think of like stuff like, okay, why is this my favorite? Well, I love guys and dolls, but is it my favorite? It was my very first musical that I was ever in on stage. And I did that musical twice and I love the music from it. And it's a favorite because of that, you know what I mean? Cause it have a you know, connection to it. And then you have to think of other things like um, rent. I loved rent in the nineties when it was out, when it first came out, you know um, I love this, you know, the, the, the cast album for it. I almost said soundtrack, but you don't say that for a Broadway show. It's a cast album. Oh yeah. They'll put you in jail. Yeah, they will. Now if we're talking about the movie <laughs> soundtrack, totally fine. But yeah, I, I sing uh, one song glory in the car all the time, like by myself. I don't know why. I, have you ever heard that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a sad song, but it's yeah. like it's a really kind of a belty song and it's got a lot of heart and emotion behind it. So I love singing it. And um, but I mainly just have like favorite songs from shows that I pick. You know, I don't really have a favorite musical. I mean, I kind of do. But like I love um, the ladies who lunch from company. 
I don't know if you've ever heard that song. You should. It's great. The very first time I heard it was watching this um, movie that was kind of a semi-musical. It's called Camp. And okay. it's about all these kids who go to a drama camp. And that's where I first saw Anna Kendrick. And she was like 13 years old in that oh, wow. movie. And she sings The Ladies Who Lunch. And I was like, oh, my God, this girl is amazing. <laughs> she was. Yeah. You need to look up that movie. I think it might be. It could be on Hulu. Or, I know it's streaming somewhere. Look it up. A mm-hmm. lot of the songs were Sondheim songs, and that's what you know, that is. And then some other stuff was like uh, turned into songs from like Greek poems and stuff. It was it was really neat. Um, another one is um, "I Am What I Am," which is kind of like a pride anthem. Um, it's from Lacazio Fole. I don't know if you would know what that is. That's actually what the Birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. That's, oh, that's okay. based off that. It's based off that story. Lacanjo huh. Full was a movie and they turned that into a, a play or a musical on stage and then they made The Birdcage. So that's uh it's it's a really good it's basically Nathan Lane's character just saying, This is who I am, accept me for who I am. You know, I do things differently this way. You know, there's a song, I bang my own drum, you know. Um, I sang that on stage in like a, in a musical review once and it takes a lot out of you because there's a lot of, you know really a lot of grit to that song and you're just proclaiming it, you know, and you're just, I bang my own drum and I do this, you know, and, and you kind of <laughs> sing scream. It's I mean, at least for me, I did. <laughs> I don't think that was right, but I did. Um, but I, I love me some jukebox musicals. And, you know, if you can think of like Mamma Mia as a jukebox musical, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything that can establish anything that can take an established song that's, you know, in popular culture and use it in a storyline and make you feel something from it differently than what you thought. Oh, wow. That does really resonate with this, you know? And I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I really got into Glee for that reason. And, and, you know, of course, you know, Glee went off the rails, but that's the reason why I really got into it. And I think a lot of people did because they could, that's the reason why like TV musicals are more popular now because of shows like Glee or actually because of Glee, because they made it work and they showed, Hey, this is the formula. This ain't no cop rock. This is, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of cop rock. But um, that was one of the very first TV musicals in the 90s. And it was, look it up. It's it's horrid. It's it's so bad. Um, they're like singing in the courtroom and it's really, it's really stupid. But the one I want to talk about the most is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That is my current favorite musical. If you want to think, look at it that way. Um, hmm. It's just such a wonderful show. Such a wonderful show. And it speaks to my heart. It, it speaks to uh, the human condition. I mm-hmm. really urge you to watch it. I don't know if you're a big musical person. I know you probably aren't, but it's, it's, you know, it's pop songs. So you'll recognize the songs for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And there's only like a few in every episode and they don't do the full out song. It's not like glee in the show choir where everything's a big spectacle musical number. It's, it's there's subtle moments and it's, it really makes sense. Um, so let me give you the setup of this show. So, you know, this is kind of my plea for people to look, to watch this show. Um, yes, please. It, it, Zoe is a coder for like a big fortune 500 company. That goes, you know, she goes into um, get her brain scanned because of this degenerative degenerative disease that her dad has. And she's afraid that she might have it, too. She just wants to look and make sure. Right. She doesn't listen to any music. I don't know why she doesn't know anything about pop music at all. I don't know if they just don't have radios where she's from. I don't know. But, you know, she goes in. She's nervous as hell. She's going to land the MRI. And the technician's like, hey, I'm going to play some music for you. What do you prefer? And she goes, I don't care. Anything. You know, so he just kind of puts it on a random playlist. And it's just random songs from all eras. And then something happens. There's a big malfunction. And the machine goes haywire. And then 
the playlist starts going haywire and some, you just see a bunch of flash of songs going through and she's freaking out and she gets the hell out of there. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, she's walking down the street and somebody just starts singing next to her. And from there, she starts noticing that, um, I'm seeing everybody's innermost thoughts and feelings through song, through pop songs. Huh. So she starts calling them heart songs because this is really what they feel in their heart. And she starts to take it upon herself, her mission, because it's now her quote, superpower to help people who are singing to her and that no one else sees singing. And she knows what their, their, their problems are. So she has to like figure out how to help them and how to fix their situation. Cause that's what she feels like is going to, I don't know. That's what she's meant for these powers to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very, Oh my God. There's just a lot of deep, like emotional, mental health stuff with it. Um, there's just, it does a lot of love. There's, you know, it's all about, it's mainly about her, her friends and her family and just how everything works, you know, and, and at work too. Things she's at work and people just start bursting into the song. Like her boss is like this Mark Zuckerberg type. who's a little bit, he's way crazy. And even he starts singing at one point, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I just, I don't, I just, I think everybody should listen to it or not listen to it. <laughs> yeah, definitely listen, but, yeah. <laughs> but watch <laughs> it and just, you know, please go out there and tweet the hashtag save Zoe's playlist. And mm-hmm. the show got canceled by NBC and they're shopping it around to get it to another network. And it's really picking up steam as far as the hashtag goes. Oh, but good. It, I really want to urge people to watch the show and tweet about it and tell people, Hey, we want to see more of this because it's only got two seasons and they kind of ended it to where it could be the end, but at the same time, it's kind of a cliffhanger. So I really want to see where it goes from there. So definitely look it up. It's it's only like 13 episodes a season so far. So it's not, you know, just beg somebody to pick this up. A streamer, another network, somebody. Hashtag save Zoe's playlist. Save Zoe's playlist for sure. Um, For me, for uh, favorite musicals, honest, okay, this is going to sound like such like a cop out, but it's not. Uh, my favorite musical is actually uh, Mamma Mia. I really do love Mamma Mia. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun show. Did you ever see it on stage? I haven't seen it on stage, but like I've seen the movie, and like whenever I go on road trips with like my fiance and I, like we will play it, and like yeah, I'm I'm freaking singing my ass off for Dancing Queen. Yeah, like this, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 so I'm I'm also a sucker for like rom coms, and yeah. like I do like and that is basically a rom com musical is what it is, and, and it's pretty goofy too, and it's yeah. just silly and fun, you know. Yeah, it is. It I just like it. I mean, it, I think it's really fun i honestly thought it would be like one of those things like yeah i don't i i don't want to watch that then, like we watched it one night it's like okay that's awesome actually i really liked it um as, as some other ones that i want to mention that i really like i really like sweeney todd of course you know being like a horror fan uh oh, sweeney yeah. todd is really good i got to see a per, like like a college production of that when i was in college but actually it wasn't that bad i really enjoyed it um i then the john the Johnny Depp one is okay. I don't know why. It just feels weird watching it as like a movie, not as like a, you know, onstage production. Cause it just feels like it's obviously it was written to be, you know, an onstage production, but it just oh, feels yeah. weird watching that. You talk to any like purist, any Broadway purist, they'll tell you the Angela Lansbury one is the best one. Mm. And anybody who, if, if anybody goes, I like the Johnny Depp one better. Oh, you better, you better guard your throat. You're going to get slit. <laughs> just like <laughs> they do in the movie. <laughs> Or in the show because uh, they t- apparently they change. I don't know the, the I don't know the stage show as well, mm-hmm. but um, apparently they've changed a lot. They took a lot of liberties. They took out a bunch of songs. They changed orchestration, a lot of stuff, and it just made a lot of people mad because it's such a classic show that a lot of people love. 
And when they finally brought it out, it was like, oh, we're going to Tim Burton this shit up. And like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tim Burton just doesn't seem the kind of guy that seem to like respect. I, don't, I mean, I don't know him personally, but like, I don't know. I feel like another director would have paid much more respect to the actual Broadway thing. He doesn't respect a lot of the properties he picks up, like Dark Shadows or Charlie mm-hmm. the Chocolate Factory. It's just like, I'm going to put my own spin on this and I'm going to make it more Johnny Depp centric. And it's like, no, yeah. no, we don't need that. Ugh. Um, I, quickly, I'll also mention that uh, I really like the producers. I haven't seen it in a while, but the producers is hilarious. Uh, I had to watch that while I was in college when I took a theater class. And I also, it's not a, I mean, it, it, it's an opera. So like I'll count it for this, but Pirates of Penzance, I have, um, a, a sentimental value to, to that show. Um, uh, actually, if you don't mind, I'll have a kind of a kind of, uh, interesting story with that. Go for it. Um, when I was in college, my my uh, girlfriend and I, we, we went out on a date and we were walking around downtown and there's this really beautiful Tivoli theater in downtown Chattanooga. And we walked by it and we saw on the marquee, you know, Pirates of Penzance or some sort of like New York production doing it. Like, oh, that would be awesome. Like start like starts in like 10 minutes. Like, oh, I doubt that they have tickets, but let's go see. And of course they're sold out. So like, ah, damn. Okay. So we walk. So we're walking away from the box office. And this woman with like a group of friends passes us. She goes, hey, are y'all trying to see Pirates of Penzance? She's like, yeah, but they're sold out of tickets. I go, well, we have two extra tickets if you would like them. I said, oh, I really appreciate that. I just don't have any cash on me. And uh, I'm so sorry. Like, I just don't have any cash to pay for you. She goes, no, we were supposed to go with another group of friends, but they canceled last minute. It would be a shame that these went to waste. Like, please just sit with us. And we went with them. They're like in like that's the, really cool. In like the second or third row for this, and it was they were phenomenal seats, and they were so cool. They were super nice. They like chatted with us afterwards a little bit. And after did you, we, you exchange know, any information? They're like, no, we didn't all? get to. They're just like, oh. thank you so much for sitting with us. I hope they all had a good night. We're like, we did. This was awesome. And then we just went our separate ways, like little you know fairy godmother and fairy godfather. <laughs> yeah, it like seriously, it was like it was so serendipitous. We were just there at the right. Right, the right place, the right time. I spoke loud enough for them to hear I wanted to go to the show. <laughs> I like, wish I could see this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Pirates of Penzance be, kind of became like a, a sentimental favorite of mine. Well, that's really cool. You Do you own it? You need to own it. No, I, I mean, I still just like replay in my head from like, you know, the, the show and everything. At least but, get the cast album or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that could for be sure. an anniversary present. <laughs> you know what? That's I'm going to write that down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't let her listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really cool. I like that. That's really neat. Yeah. Thank work. you. And thank you, Chelsea from Weird Mom Podcast for that question. Yeah. Thanks, Chelsea. Our last question is from on Instagram at what I draw at work. I've been there. Uh, do you have a favorite number? I like it. I like that. It's a different question. It's a. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that I have an answer to this. Yeah, it's well, you go first. You go first. I'm sorry. No. OK. Yeah, my favorite number is eight. Uh, do you know why? I was born on October 8th, October kind of like at first, you know, the Octo eight. One of my favorites football players marcus mariota was number eight i've just always been a big fan of eight and plus like you could call it a snowman too which i think is fun it's a number with a nickname oh yeah yeah, that's true yeah it does look like a snowman yeah it's infinity too ongoing yeah yeah. so yeah i've always been a big fan of number eight that's really cool mine is not really a fan of it but it's things just happen to me in threes so i you know number three and i'm usually the third wheel (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm usually like my friends are usually in couples and I'm like the third person there. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm always single. So it's never really, I always end up being the third wheel. And, um, the other one might be seven, but usually it's three because, uh, literally things happen in threes for me. And a lot of people say, Oh, things happen in threes. No, they literally do. Like that's what happens. I, I can mm-hmm. literally go, okay, well I'm getting ready for the third thing. It's coming. Come on, give it to me. You know? Um, yeah, it's the been like that. The listener was three episodes. The listener was three episodes. Listen to all three episodes of the listener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> three times. Thank you. Make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have. Three. Awesome. Well, thank you at what I draw at work. And thank you, everybody, that sent in questions. Be sure to send them in next time. Be sure to follow Dustin on Instagram because that's when he posts those little fun little uh, stories to submit a question for these. So be sure that you do that next time. Yes, do that. Dustin, do you have any shout outs for this episode? I sure do, Brucker. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to talk about the Two Takes podcast. They, um, I met them on Twitter, and they're just really nice people. They have some good back and forth banter with me, and they're just, you know, really cool. Um, they even provided a promo. Remember that one movie that made you shed a tear? The one that made you laugh out loud? What about the one that made you think that you missed the point? Why not take another look? Give it another chance? Two Takes Podcast, an analysis about films you love, and perhaps the ones you hate, forming theories using psychology, mythology, and much more. You could learn something new. So listen in for new episodes and get updated on, on Instagram. Two takes, a deeper look at movies the second time round. Be sure to check them out and follow them on Twitter at T Takes Podcast. That's T T A K E S Podcast. T Takes. Um, T Takes. Yes. Um, the other shout out I want to give actually are my Buy Me a Coffee sponsors for this month. Um, First off, I want to uh, give the effervescent Shelly Toy of the Point Horror Book Club a shout out. I want to give her a little spotlight. She hosted Behind the Read a few months ago, and I expect to have her back with me very soon. We're going to do uh, the Babysitter's Club the summer before, which mm. is uh, before they started the Babysitter's Club. Um, and uh, Brucker, would you like to read Shelly's uh, club and website description? Oh, yeah. Let's see if I could get this in one take. Do you remember the Point Horror book series from the 90s? R.L. Stein, Carol B. Cooney, Diane Ho, Richie Tankersley, Cusick, and more completely captured our hearts and terrified our souls. Tales Point Horror Book Club has you covered. We choose a different read every month and share all the Point Horror fun along the way, topped off with an end-of-the-month recap blog post including interviews with the original authors and monthly Instagram live book club chat featuring special guests. Are the point horror books we loved as teenagers still our favorites as on the reread? Have they stood the test of time or are our teenage memories crushed? Are you new to point horror and want to see what it's all about? Join Shelly and friends at talesofyesterday.co.uk. Again, that's talesofyesterday.co.uk. Grab those old, well-loved copies from the attic or a second-hand store, shake that dust off and the cobwebs away, and share all of that point horror love and nostalgic fun. Thank you. 
Yep. Um, next, I want to talk about Stephen Trigar of Alexandrian Media. Uh, Stephen is just a wonderful person. He's just just full of just love and respect, and I respect the hell out of him. He does a lot of work for his – he has two podcasts. He's starting his own network, and he does – oh, my gosh. And he's starting to do, put stuff on YouTube now, which I, I want to do, which hopefully, you know, this will go on it. Um, and you know, I just, he's just so awesome. And so here I have a, um, a promo for his show, the composer chronicles, and we'll play that now. Hi, I'm Steven and I am the host of a podcast named the composer chronicles. Each Wednesday, I delve into the stories of composers, both past and present. Historical episodes focus on a particular work by a featured composer and examines their life during the time the piece was written and performed once a month. I feature a living composer and allow them to share their own stories and give personalized insight into the industry. But that's not all. The Composer Chronicles hosts additional miniseries that explore the film and video game music industries that each feature composers and professionals in those fields. So if you're ever asking yourself, why are cannons being used as instruments in Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture? Or what makes a Disney song so catchy? or even what does one have to do to become a composer, then The Composer Chronicles is the show for you. You can stream The Composer Chronicles wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So, come and join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain on the world's greatest music makers. And finally, we have the fun and spirited Gliza from Classical Adventures for One. Um, you may remember her from an April episode where I uh, did Band Book Club, where we we talked about uh, it was a Korean novel or graphic novel. Um, and here's a, a promo for her second season. There's been a crime. A crime indeed. Classic books have been left in the cold ignored and set aside. Many readers have turned away and no longer hear the plea of these books to be explored and read. Adventurers, we cannot let this stand. It's time to correct this rather appalling situation. Let's put on our detective hats, grab our magnifying glass, and look at the different classic books that have touched the heart of people a century ago. Let's find out why. Why, to this day, they still influence the media that we consume today. Why indeed? Take my hand and listen to my calming voice. And let's conquer this classical adventure for everyone. Check out Classical Adventure 4.1 for all your classic adventure needs. See you there. I will note that all of these are Buy Me a Coffee sponsors, and they actually, all of them, provided some voice work for the Fear Street parody for the listener. Hello. <laughs> man, I'm really talking this up in this episode. Um, if you want to promote- thing you did, man. It was a big know, thing you did. <laughs> but if you want to you know, hear yourself you know, uh, mentioned on an episode or anything like that, leave me a tip or something. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Dustin Can Read. 
you can leave me a tip. Eventually, I hope to have uh, subscriptions available and, um, you know, I'll mint you on the show as a sponsor. That's awesome. And everybody should definitely check those out because they are Dustin approved. So, Dustin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little silly. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I have a joke in my head. Just hold on, I have a good one. <laughs> so, Dustin, you mentioned earlier in the show that uh, at your first Pride event that you got to participate in a parade, you got to wave kind of like someone from a certain slasher movie named Helen Shivers. Uh, yes. So, is that a hint to what you have coming up next? Uh, my Bay Brooker. Yep. <laughs> if I could speak yes, words. I'm going to have you back. <laughs> the next episode will be the adaptation for I Know What You Did Last Summer because I Know What You Did Last Summer by Lois Duncan and the I Know What You Did Last Summer, the movie by Kevin Williamson, uh, Columbia Pictures. Um, they are actually, I guess they're going to be converging. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be doing. They're making a series on Amazon. And so Brucker and I and... Our friend Nate, who was on Brucker's old podcast, Film on the Rocks, yes. uh, we're getting together and we're going to talk about it. The funny thing is that, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for later. It's the funny thing that Nate wasn't on that episode that you were referencing that I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still, yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, you know. Film on the Rocks I still wanted weird that's history. Where, yeah. <laughs> what's funny well the thing is um the funny thing is that that was the first film on the rocks episode i ever listened to was i knew what you did last summer oh so that's why i was like i want them on the show so that's that's i grew in with nate and i know that he was not on that episode but i've listened to more episodes with him in it so and i've interacted with him more so no offense to who was your old host i forgot <laughs> it was it, oh it, it was levi yeah it, it, levi it, yes crap levi was awesome but yeah i know he wasn't yeah, active awesome. on socials at all yeah he was just like yeah let's do this podcast man and like that's and then you know he goes and he does his own life and then he comes back like, all right time for another podcast and you know <laughs> he he had no social media presence which is totally fine <laughs> well anyway so he won't be on it but nate will and we're reading the lois duncan novel and we're going to talk about what we expect from the amazon series or what we think might happen so i think that'd be really cool and like i said before i'm having shelly back and we're going to read um the Babysitter's Club, The Summer Before by Anne M. Martin, who is the original creator of The Babysitter's Club. So she came back like years later and decided, yeah, I'm going to write a prequel for these kids. And it's it's kind of cool. So um, we're also probably going to talk about the Netflix series of that as well. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen that? The Netflix series of that? No, I haven't. You might like it. It's kind of neat. It's only 30 minute episodes. It's really quick. And it's basically each like the first few books put together, like each episode is like the first few books. So it's, it's really neat. And it's updated for today. So I think that was really cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all that sounds great. Everybody be sure to you know subscribe. So you get those little precious alerts of new Dustin can read episodes. Follow him on Instagram. Dustin, thank you so much for having me on. This was such a blast. If people like me and my goofy antics, follow me on Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Uh, anywhere you find uh, podcasts, you can also follow me on Instagram at Brucker Horror, where I have fun little posts. Also on Twitter at Brucker Horror, right? And Twitter on Brucker Horror. For some reason, people like to interact with me way more on Instagram, so I kind of just like Ditto. plug that. But yeah, just yeah, but yeah. I, I had a total blast. Thank you, Dustin, for thank letting you for me coming. guest host, and thank you for coming on your own show. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone is enjoying their summer. Thanks for listening. And until next time, 
Dustin can read. <laughs> I might just enter. I might just put you in for that. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs>